Welcome to WDW for Families, the original family-friendly trip planning podcast, helping you plan your Disney vacation for over five years. All right, welcome to WDW for Families, and it is great to be back with you guys. This time, we're going to talk a little Disney World, and we're here with Rusty Pettis. Hello. <laughs> and that's all you that's got, it. man. That's all we get right here. We've got to wait for some more. <laughs> all right, Stephanie is with us. Hello. And, of course, Charity is with us tonight. Hello, everybody. All right, so we're, we're, getting, uh, we're getting used to being back together recording, and we're actually going to talk about the parks tonight a little more and kind of what um, the topic tonight is I'll lay it out for us. We won't do the old introduction stuff. We'll just get right to it. So the topic tonight is before the shutdown of the park, there were, some, there were at least two significant changes that happened at Disney World. Uh, one was the opening of Rise of the Resistance, and two was the opening of the Skyliner. And both of those things happened in relatively short order uh, before the park closed down. Of course, the Skyliners were open in the fall, and Rise was open, what, winterish? Winterish? December. December. First week of December. Mm-hmm. So both of those things were open, um, and then two or three months later, the shutdown happens. But what I want to talk about tonight, or what we want to talk about, is what impact did those two things have on the park? What impact is that going to have on the park? We're going to talk about the interesting, um, interesting would be a good word for it, the interesting way that Disney decided to do entrance to Rise of the Resistance. And I like to call it the rise of my blood pressure. The other thing is the, uh, what, what the Skyliner is doing. So uh, should be fun to talk about. And uh, let's just dive in. First, let's talk about, what do you want to talk about first? Rise or Skyliner? The Skyliner, it opened it. first. Okay. So the Skyliner opened up and, uh, uh, very reminiscent of what used to be in the Magic Kingdom originally, where the, the, the I don't even know what they called it back in the 70s, but the, the gondola ride that they had back in the park that used to stretch from the Pinocchio area of the park to the um, to the Tomorrowland. And uh, I remember riding in those. I remember being horribly afraid of those when I was a kid. But, uh, but that now they have them and they stretch all over the place at Disney World. What are some, what are the, what are the locations that you can grab the Skyliner to end up at one of the parks? Sherry, do you know that off the top of your head or did I put you on the spot? Um, put me on the spot. I know you can pick it up at Pop Century. I know it goes to Epcot and Hollywood Studios. Jeff, do you remember the other locations? Caribbean Beach? Yes. So the Riviera. Uh, yeah. So there's a whole there's an entire route um, system, and I have not yet memorized it. Although I do have some paperwork on it. Um, but basically, um, there's a station that's over in the back entrance of Epcot. There's also a, the main station, which is outside of Hollywood Studios, and um, and I don't know the the entire route, but yes, Pop Century, Caribbean Beach and Riviera um, are all along there, that whole line. 
um, um, several of those resorts with two, two major parks. Yeah, and, it's, and I, I think I'm the only one that's been on them. None of y'all have been on them yet. Is that correct? No, nope, oh. we had the chance and we skipped it. Oh. So I we, had fully planned on it on my last trip and, um, in fact, stayed at Pop. And part of the reason being to take the Skyliner. Um, however, as we'll talk about a little bit later with Rise of the Resistance, um, ended up not going that route because it wasn't running as early as I needed it to um, that morning in going to Hollywood Studios. So I have not not yet um, experienced it. What about you, Rusty? Well, here's interesting. We went down, uh, my roommates from college, we went on a trip. We went to Universal, but the Skyliner had just opened. And so we were going to go over and ride it because I just wanted to, but it crashed like two days before we went down there. And oh. I just told them, there's no need to go, guys. So we were wanting to go, but <laughs> because it well, crashed on the 6th of October, we were like, well, we can't go now. So We rode those things constantly uh, because we stayed at Caribbean Beach last October. And then, uh, so we, we rode it constantly. And it made it so much better. Like Caribbean Beach, that made it 20 times better. Like, because our, in fact, our hotel room, was like near the hub for the Skyliner. And we just walked out 30, 40 steps. We were on the Skyliner, ding, ding, ding. We were off and we were flying over and it was so fast. It's amazing how close Caribbean Beach is to DHS. You don't even realize it. Uh, and we used those quite a bit uh, in January too, when we went back. Uh, they have different characters on the different gondolas and uh, uh, we almost got into trouble one night because we were obviously it was my family. And so it was the three of my boys and another family was with us and the, we were watching them and the ducktails one was coming around the corner and we were all eyeing it. Like our, our whole family was, we were, we like had our eyes on it and it was coming around the corner and we were trying to figure out where we had to stand in line in order to get on it. And there was a, a there was a wreck at Ralph one that was in front of it. And we were just trying to time it out. And there was a family in front of us. And so the DuckTales one comes around the corner and we just totally cut the family. Like we, like we had no, like, it was so weird. <laughs> we like lost all composure. We're like, I'm sorry, but we've got to ride the DuckTales one. And we all jumped in the, in the gondola. And they were like, sir, you've got too many people in the gondola. And they were trying to get us out. And it was just, and they, <laughs> it was just crazy. It, it was nuts. And so, but we got our, we got what we wanted which was the most important part. All right, so Todd, that was a question I was going to ask you. Now, um, I've, I've heard the reviews of people that don't want the ones with the characters on the side because they don't like it as much as the experience of the ones that don't have the characters. But well, yeah, you, you, you were all in, yeah. characters, all the way. Well, we had kind of been like, you know how, you know how we are. I mean, I, we're just... I like making magical memories for my kids and I just, I like being crazy for it. And so we, every time we get on it, I'm like, all right, this is, it's going to make, I'm going to make it happen this time. We're getting the duck. And so we just kind of sit there and we watch and we wait. Well, we just hadn't made it happen. And that was the first time we'd seen it in our area code. So we, we just went for it. Now, if there is true, you, the, the ones with the characters, you can't see out of them as well as the ones without the characters. But it's so fun riding with the ones with characters. 
we we've got a list now of all the ones we've ridden in of all the characters. And so uh, we've checked off a ton of them and uh, we did the same thing almost with the haunted mansion. We, we like kept letting people cut in front of us so we could ride in the one that was the haunted mansion one. So anyways, I, that is the psycho personality that I have. Like that's my, that's my Enneagram fourness coming out in uh, for all to see. Uh, I was thinking, is this going to become like the new thing that everybody is doing is like trying to get on, forget characters. And now we're going to be just stalking the buckets of the Skyliner. (laughs) I'm afraid it's going to be a thing. They almost should not have done that. Uh, But they did. There is no Robin Hood one yet. If there is a Robin Hood one, there could be an accident. Um, We we almost did have an accident because Brewer just, Brewer uh, decided he wanted to get to ride in another gondola after we had gotten on once. And then it was, it was a little scary because, uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, yada, yada. So that's my Skyliner review. So here's my question about the Skyliner to my Disney travel agent friends. Did, did, because Disney has always priced their resorts based on convenience to the parks. And so parks like obviously uh, the parks that are closest or the hotels that are closest to the parks are the ones that are most expensive. So what, what about, uh, what about the price effect on this? What, what if, did it affect the price is what I'm asking. Uh, Charity, you first. Yeah. So yeah, we, we did see increases. Um, I know I have more value in moderate resort guests and um so did see increases and harder to get rooms at pop um of course pop had already increased a little bit because they were the first ones to get the refurbs for the rooms um so because they had the you know the upgraded rooms and then the gondolas added more to that um caribbean beach same thing you know um they were priced really well there for a while because of the refurbishments and all the construction going on and then um, once uh, once the Skylanders came in, then we've seen that those rooms are going more, um, going up higher as well, which um, I know you guys may remember. We actually liked Caribbean Beach. So mm-hmm. um, so now it's like, oh, no, it, it, now it costs more to stay there. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's, that's the changes that I've seen. Steph, have, no. you, um, have you had families making decisions off of that? Yeah, yes, I have. And I, I've seen some pricing increase. Um, but for all my families that have gone with it, um, with especially with pop, um, none of them have regretted it. In fact, all of them have said just how amazing the use of that Skyliner is and just how convenient and fast. Um, and just how it gets them to other parks. And honestly, Um, You know, if you think about it, you know, at a lot of the deluxe properties, you're paying more for proximity. And it's almost the same thing um, where you don't feel bad about paying a little bit more for, say, like Caribbean Beach or Pop, um, because you are getting more value. You're getting quicker transportation, um, not having to stand in those bus lines um, a couple of days of your trip to me is huge. So, um, yes, there is somewhat of a price increase. It's not significant, I don't think. Um, but what 
I've heard is the value of it is is hands down worth it. Yeah, I, I thought it was. I th we were amazed by how easy it made everything. Like just the and like when I had to take the bus, I was like, ah, oh, the bus, because you know you like have to wait for the buses and the, the gondolas. You're just there, and sometimes the lines are pretty long, but we never waited a, a horribly long time for one of the gondolas. Um, this there's one you know depending on what resort you're at sometimes you have to make a stop and transfer your gondola but that's the that's the uh that's the only thing that's a that's kind of a bummer anyways so let's go on to rise of the resistance and so uh rise of the resistance is going to be uh it'll be interesting to see what happens when it opens back up because this may have been is it the most controversial thing Disney has ever done? Like inside the, I don't know, maybe not, but it sure felt really controversial while I was there. So, okay. So who went first? Who had the first experience with Rise of the Resistance? Because I called Stephanie and got her tips um, for my trip. So you think Charity, Charity, you think you were the first one to experience it? Um, I was there Valentine's Day week, but if you were there in January, you beat me. No, we went, I took, I took another trip. I was there with the boys. I was there with Brock and Battle only, and we went in, uh, late February. So about around the same time you went, actually. When did you, when did you go, Steph? Um, so I went right before Princess. Well, it was Princess weekend. Oh, okay, that's right. Um, but, but obviously, I had researched it ahead of time um, because that's the kind of information I like to give to my clients. So, yeah, I had researched it to some degree, but then when I knew that the pressure was on and it was all about, like, me getting it, I just went hardcore and I, like, deep dove into everything I could <laughs> get my hands on. Oh, People, some people are saying, get off Disney Wi-Fi. Right. And some people are saying, do this, switch your phone to this. And so I just gathered all the hints um, because, for, honestly, the pressure was on. I am not very techie. I'll be the first one to tell you. They know. I, I'm already struggling with Zoom. Um, but so I felt a lot of pressure <laughs> um, in order to try to try to get you know a slot for it so it's it's a very stressful thing yeah it, it was very stressful and i there i went on uh, wdw magic is one of the sites i looked at and there's an entire thread of people who were giving their strategies on how to get on and there's different methods like they they would call this method the something method and then there was the other method so what did you do just just give us a little bit of a of an overview of what you did to get your spot on right. But should we explain what they're doing first? I don't know that we've adequately explained. Or does do our people know this? The people who are listening to this know. I don't know. Well, I think you should give a quick, or maybe just a quick explanation of how you how you can get your um, slot. Rusty, do you do you know enough to explain it? I, I know that basically you have to go in the park the location setting zone, once you're there and they, it hits the magic time frame of whatever that is for that morning, 
you have to request your slot for your uh, reservation group. I will tell you this, just to give you the history or the science behind this, it's actually a lottery. So basically because so many people are hitting the buttons at the exact same time, it's no strategy to it. It goes into a server and the server via lottery assigns who gets the slot and who doesn't. There's no science. That's the science behind it. Uh, it's, it's just, a, it's literally like if a million people hit a button at one time, the system now has to decide by lottery who gets the slot, and who doesn't. Oh, I, so. that's interesting. Cause I've heard, cause, uh, <laughs> Oh yeah. There's like a hundred theories on this Wi-Fi and that Wi-Fi and this thing. It's really not, it's, it's just via lottery. Well, so, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I had talked to people who do all this here, who who understood the science behind. They did the data dives and figured out what was going on. But if you don't get on at a certain time, though, you don't have a shot. Oh no, so, you have no shot. Yeah, so, and you've got to have a decent internet, or you won't. And, get and that's booted. true. I mean, there's there's spots where you have a better chance of getting your button pinged faster. But other than that, you know, it's just a lottery. So okay. Well. Yeah. I read a lot of strategies on how to get this baby. Yeah. All right. So, so anyways, what did you do? Do you remember what steps you took, Stephanie? Um, yeah. So basically, I mean, I had a lot, I went into all the strategies too, Todd. Um, I, the, the night before I went in my Disney experience and I cleared out all the extra friends and family. Cause I had a bunch of people in there and I was like, well, if I'm having to select the people, I don't want to have to like, okay, okay, skip over this person. So I made sure that um, only the two people I was getting, um, trying to get in were on there. Everybody else was out. Um, so I did that. And then really it's so interesting because I, I wanted to get there early too. Not super early, but I think the park opened at eight. So we got there at about six 30. Um, and it's, it's a neat vibe because you're in before you go to the turnstiles and there's people and they're, you know, they're all talking strategies in there too. Um, there are a couple of ladies who are like, yes, we tried, we've tried for two days to get in and this is our last shot and here's what you need to do. So it's just, there's a whole, um, I don't know, vibe of people and you're all like trying to get the same thing. Um, so what I ended up doing, we went in, um, and we did get in there pretty early. We went straight over and got in line for Slinky Dog. And they stopped the line at a certain point. And I, it was really strange. And they stopped right in front of us. And we couldn't figure out why. So I asked the cast member, what's going on? And they're like, we have to stop the line to right here until the frenzy of getting into um, slots for Rise of the Resistance is over. Because we've figured out that people cannot walk and, and do these selections at the same time um, <laughs> because they're like, they're literally running into stuff. So, um, so we just basically stood there in one spot for about, I don't know, it felt like forever. We just stood there and everyone's around and the, you know, everybody's t still talking strategies. Um, but basically I, I got on there um, right at the exact second, everybody looks down at the same moment. Everybody's doing the same thing. And, um, you know, you have to kind of keep trying, keep trying. Um, and I was able to get a great, a pretty good one. But these 
these two girls next to me got nothing. And I mean, there's like, there was more non-celebration than celebration. And I almost felt bad being like, yes, I got it. Um, because literally everyone around me was like, oh. So well, you, went just on a, you went on a really busy day though too, right? It was very busy. Um, yeah, the park was, was completely full. Um, you had, you had all the princess marathon people. Um, yeah, it was packed out for sure. So Charity, what did you do? Yeah. So, um, it was just me and my little guy. So we were not going to be there at six 30. Um, but, um, we, we figured, all right, you know, by that time, um, cause we went second week in February. Um, by that time they had changed it, you know, earlier, um, they were doing, you know, really the sooner that you got to the park, the better of a chance you had. Um, and then they had changed it. So by the time we got there, it was everyone who is inside park limits at official park opening time had the same chance. So, you know, based on that, I knew I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to pull him out of bed at 4.30 in the morning to make sure that we get on transportation and we get over there mega early. So um, our time slot was eight o'clock was when, um, you know, everyone could go ahead in. We had only made it in the turnstiles maybe 10 minutes before so that, you know, we, we only had to stand around and me occupy him for like 10 minutes. Um, Steph, we kind of did the same thing as you, you know, you, um, you're talking to everybody around you and everything's really exciting. And, um, you know, the, like the minute before you have everybody starts getting anxious and you hear, oh, oh, it's almost time, it's almost time. And then for like 30, 45 seconds, as soon as it starts, you hear, oh, and everybody goes silent because everybody's face down and in the phones. Um, I, I kind of had the same experience as Steph in that the family that we had ended up talking to, you know, like the mom had this cute baby Yoda shirt and we talked to them and um, they had two parents both on, on the phone, on the app, trying to get it. And here I am like, you know, it's just me and my kids. There's just one of us trying. And, um, and we got in and they didn't. And so for them, it was like the last day of their trip. And they're like, if we don't get it today, we're, we're not going to get it. And I felt so bad, but it, it very much like Steph's experience, you know, you have that quiet and then you have a few people going, woohoo, woohoo. And mm -hmm. then you hear like this collective, they're all gone. Oh. And then it was just sad. It, it, seeing how many people were just dejected and people that left. I mean, you know, they, you know, they were doing the same thing. They had tried a couple of times and this was, you know, they were going to come in and try it. If they didn't get it, they were out. What do you got to say, Rusty? That's what I said. Did y'all see a, like, a, was there a mass exit? Like at Disneyland, they've had like mass exits afterwards. Like, so did y'all see like this mass exits of the park? We're like, well, because I was up by the turnstiles, we did. Okay. We we did see a large number of people that, you know, they weren't going into the park, far into the park. They were just coming into the park far enough to get the geolocation locked on. 
And yeah, if they, if they got it, then they progressed on. If they didn't, then they left. And because we were so close to the turnstiles, we did end up seeing a lot of people that left. Well, we went, I had brought, I had Brewer and Battle. And so this was a major deal because they're my Star Wars nerds. So like this was really the, the main reason we went down there. And so we went just to hang out at Star Wars land. We had three, it was a three day trip. And we, that we were going to go all three days to DHS just to try to get in. So we went the first day and I got all nervous and I did all the studying. I looked at the website. I called Stephanie. It's like, what did you do? And I compared notes. And so um, I went in and the strategy that I used, I was told was to um, shut your phone completely off. And we got in line for the start for the, for the Jedi training Academy. And so we went, that's the first place we did. I turned my phone off. They actually did the signups early. So we got to sign up and then I went over to the, uh, in, in front of the Disney junior meet and greets over there near little mermaid. Cause people say that's where the internet's the strongest at VHS. So we went over there and uh, the strategy that I had seen said to turn your phone on five minutes before it happens. Uh, before the thing before the time and so I did that and then it said open your app don't touch anything else and then at exactly the time push this button blah 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 I went, I went through the whole deal well I I did it and I got a spot immediately and we got I think we were like in group five or something ridiculous like that it was really low and uh, I think we went on a less crowded day because most of the people around us were getting it and the other but the other thing that happened that day was that um, they had an internet era. And so people could sign up even if they weren't at Disney. So people who were practicing, people actually were practicing at home. People who were practicing were getting spots for that day. And so they were, they were going fast. So by, it was like all the spots were still gone really fast, even though it was a late, less crowded day. So we went over to Rise because we were the, one of the first groups. And the amount of people who were complaining just, I was blown away, like, because everybody thinks they can talk their way onto the ride at Disney, right? And so everybody was trying to do that. And I just felt really weird. It was a really un-Disney-like experience for me, because not only was I so nervous and frustrated that I had, that I was so nervous, and then we got it, and I was excited, but I just felt miserable for all those people who didn't. And they were all complaining and, you know, the CMs were miserable because everybody was being volatile to them and the CMs were trying to be nice, but they, you know, but they, you know, they couldn't give people what they wanted. And it was just, it was an ugly scene over there. And so uh, I imagine that happens every day or that happened every day for weeks. I, I guess I'm just of the theory that if you want to, if you want somebody to wait in line, if, if you're willing to wait in line for something, you ought to be allowed to wait in line for it. Even mm -hmm. if it's a if it's a six hour line and I'm willing to do it, let me do it uh, because that's what I want. Now I know I'm not spending money in your park, and that's probably why you do a virtual queue, but uh, that that does annoy me a little bit. Hey, Todd, I don't know if you have ever watched Blackish this show on ABC, but on one of the episodes they went to Disney and uh, they got the VIP tours. And of course, uh, the guys just walking around, like basically rubbing it in all the people's faces here waiting in line. So, <laughs> yeah, that'd been me. I'm like, I got slot five. I got slot five. <laughs> but no, 
you'd probably get beat up. That's like I'd be. Yeah. But yeah, you'd be like, hey. <laughs> well, it's really interesting because in January it was open, but we didn't even try because we knew we were we were getting up for the marathon every morning for the races, and we didn't want to, the day after the race we didn't want to get up early either, and so. Um, the day of the marathon, we got done with our marathon, and then uh, it was still available. Like it, it wasn't. It was the day after the marathon. I'm sorry, and we slept late, but we were on the bus at like 9:30, and it was still available. And the park had been open for an hour. Oh wow! And as we got off the bus, is wow. when the slots ran out. So it it must have just not been that crazy the day after the marathon. So, anyways, yeah. So. Um. Go ahead, Jay. Well, I, I was going to ask Steph, do you remember what um, what number you got? Yes, what I was 51. And did did you get on? I did. I, I timed it. Um, we got on at about 1130. Um, I mean, I, it tended to move pretty fast. So we were in group 44. Um, we were there during one of their tech week issues. They had the whole week of tech problems because there was a part that they were missing or place or something. Um, so we were group 44. Um, it, the ride didn't even come up until almost 11 o'clock. So group one, didn't even make it on until almost 11 o'clock. Um, we made it on the first time at like 4.30. Um, but we didn't make it the whole way through. So um, it went down and then um, it went back up. And so we got on at like 7.30. Hmm. So you got to do it twice. Yes. Well, we got to do the first half twice. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was literally our whole entire day, our whole entire day from getting into the park until, you know, 730, our whole entire day, almost 12 hours was devoted to trying to get on this ride. All right. So let's grade it. Uh, the three of us who have ridden it, let's give it a letter grade. From A to F, what would you what would you do? Like you were grading it in school. Cheer. All right, so are we grading the fun of the ride, or are <laughs> we grading the overall experience? Oh, 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 oh. Okay, yeah, we're rating the ride. The experience we all know was a bummer. Yeah. But <laughs> we're, let's rate the ride. What about the ride itself? Actually, let's do one to hundred. If a hundred is the perfect ride. Let's, you know, what, and one is, you know, the 10 Lizzie's at Opryland. If to one to a hundred, all right. Uh, you know, even though it was torture to get on, it was really good. It was really, really good. Um, I, I'm going to say like 94. That's um, impressive. Good job. It was Really good. That's a, that's a being an A minus in the old grading system. Yeah. It's an A now. Yeah. And right. Millennials exactly. don't know how good they've got it. All right, Stephanie. 
Um, you know, I am right there with you, Charity. I, I felt like the overall experience was fabulous. Um, I don't want to give any spoilers because um, I was very careful to avoid um, any spoilers myself. Um, it's just fully immersive is all I can say. Um, so I felt, and I loved it. I felt like I was actually inside the movie. Um, so I loved it. I love that. Um, my only downer was I, I didn't get to experience it with my family. And that's always kind of a bummer. I kind of secretly felt bad. Um, and, you know, in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, but we'll get to do it in Disneyland. Well, no. we're not going to be able to do that. Well, not when we thought we were. So anyway, but that was my only thing that I would have changed about it. But it was fabulous. I I will say to the the realism of it, um, yeah. So my son won't hear this. He totally broke down in tears the first time we were on it. Um, he believed we were in space. He was freaking out. Um, <laughs> it was totally real. There was no question. It was so hard to convince him otherwise that even when we had to exit the, um, the, to exit the ride halfway through, he, he still like couldn't believe it. until we were entirely the whole way outside, you know, I mean, we're walking past, you know, cast break rooms and he, he just wouldn't believe it until we actually made it the whole way out and we were at the entrance of the ride. And then it was like, oh wait, okay, we're not in space. <laughs> yeah, so I, realism, it's, it's totally there. I think I would give it like a 95. I mean, I'm right there with you. I, I thought it was great. I, I mean, I, as a creative type myself, there were things I was thinking, well, they could have done that better. But then again, I mean, it was just, it's the closest, it's almost like the Imagineers went to an escape room and thought, okay, how can we make like a, a Disney ride kind of like this, like that immersive? Because it really does feel like, you know, it, it's just, it, it's mind blowing. And, uh, and, and my favorite part of the ride was the first part. Like, I loved that part. Of it. I just, I thought that was so fun. Um, and, uh, it was, you know, to me, it was totally worth the stress. I mean, I don't want the stress, but it was definitely worth the stress of trying to get on. People who just go, well, it's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go through all those hoops to get on. Well, you, you're missing out because this is a, this is a very special ride. It, this feels like um, the first time I saw Harry Potter World at Universal or the first time you rode Spider-Man at Universal and, you're, and back when Spider-Man was, that was new technology. And you're like, holy cow, that, that is the ultimate. There, there will never be a ride that will top that. And then, you know, and then uh, they just did such a great job with it. Um, and so I can only imagine where we're going to go from there. I mean, holy cow. How do you go up from that? Uh, right, exactly. So, so anyways, I, uh, we've talked quite a bit about Rise of Resistance episode might just be the rise of the resistance episode which is fine uh i mean that, that's probably the biggest thing that's gone down at disney uh in the last year because of uh, all the stuff that's been 
actually going down at Disney or the things that haven't been going down at Disney. So the, so anyways, um, I think we, I, we covered it. Does anybody want to add anything? Does anybody they have anything to say? Um, I would just say as far as park changes, um, it kind of hurt my heart to see Epcot the way it was. Oh, like yeah. what? Because it was just all black walls. And it stuff. Did you make it to Epcot? I did, and it was it was a that's my favorite park. I love Epcot. It was um, just really difficult to maneuver. Just there are walls everywhere. So much is shut down. Um, and while I'm excited to see what's coming, yeah, it's hard to be there. In fact, if I was planning a trip right now and I had to skip a park, I would actually skip Epcot, even though I love it. Yeah, and it, it hurts my heart, but I completely agree. It it was really hard to just try to get around anywhere there. Um, so, yeah, it's, park changes, but um, hopefully, you know, maybe this downtime, since they're starting to get back, hopefully this will give them a little bit more time for construction, and maybe things will be a little bit better when they reopen than when they close. Yeah. Rusty, anything else you want to? No, I just think it's going to be interesting when everything opens back up because they did have such a hard time with Rise and they still haven't got to full capacity. You know, it's kind of like charity. Do they have some time to work on it? Or I know construction's been down too, but at what point, like, how long will it take them to reopen the rides and then get all the kinks started working back out again? And will that be another six months or? How's that going to work? And I've already heard Disney's basically going to punt the 50th anniversary to kind of begin kicking off that celebration until October of next year with the hope that everything can, one, because the construction projects got put on pause and plus um, hoping everything can get back to full capacity by then. So, yeah. All right. Anybody, anything else, Stephanie? You good? No, I'm just excited to see everybody again and catch up. It's it's really nice to see your faces and get to chat. Yeah, yeah it's been a long time since we've rock and roll rolled. So we will, but we will hopefully be back with you guys here in a couple of weeks and we'll maybe have some more friends with us and uh, uh, maybe we'll have actual park news to talk about. And we can. And Charity will be down there in a few weeks. Yeah, Charity. Maybe by chance, Charity, they'll have a little soft opening. Who knows? Maybe by chance. Charity and Randy will be down there. I, I know okay. Randy's going We had friends okay. who were there. The Santiago's, you know the Santiago's, Stephanie, uh, Anton, and uh, mm-hmm. they were down there when it when it when everything closed. Mm-hmm. And they, they went ahead and stayed at the hotel, even though all the parks were closed. And uh, it, they said it was really interesting, like, all the restaurants were trying to get you to come in as you would pass the restaurants. And it, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, well, uh, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. And until then, you're never too old to wish upon a star. <laughs>